Welcome to this episode of The Square. Today we're talking about the value of branded environments and what that even means. And I'm really excited to have David Rose and Michaela Fongi here with me. Michaela, you're a senior designer and David, you're a project manager on yes. the branded environments team, you got it. which is headed by Paige Terrell. Right. So I want to have a conversation about what all that covers. But before we get into that, Michaela, tell me a little bit about how you became a designer. So I've always been creative-minded. Um, it started with um, music, and as what I- What instrument did you play? I played saxophone, nice. and I also sang. I did a lot of um, uh, productions in high school, uh, musicals and such. Awesome. Yeah, um, and that kind of evolved into uh, more of the artistic drawing focus sort of creativity, mm -hmm. and um, when I made the decision to study architecture, um, one of the most impactful classes I had was a survey of architectural history, which to some is probably really dull and boring, but yeah. I loved it and soaked all of it up. Um, my professor at the very beginning of the course, he quoted um, something that stuck with me that painting is art that you look at and sculpture is art that you look around, but architecture is art that you live and work in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. It really struck a chord with me, and um, I just dove in, learning about all of the different architectural history, and what stuck out to me is the stories that people would inscribe on the sides of their buildings, like mm -hmm. Greek temples, the cave paintings in France. People are always documenting and telling their stories across human history in the architectural medium. And um, when I started learning about branded environments, that just seemed a natural uh, spin-off in modern day of people telling their stories uh, in their workplaces, in healthcare facilities, um, all aspects of where they live and work. So you, you were talking about how they inscribe it on the sides of buildings, and I am far from an architecture student, but one of my bucket list places to visit is the, the um, gaudy cathedral just yes. because of all the little mm -hmm. intricacies mm -hmm. and the the details that are kind of carved into the wall and the stories absolutely mm -hmm. um david tell me a little bit about how you got into design so when i was growing up i was always interested in sketching and drawing i did that so much as a kid and as i got older and learned a little more about really what architecture and design was i think what inspired me to pursue this path that i'm on now is I always loved how, uh, how you can visualize and communicate ideas. And there are so many great architects that mm -hmm. do that um, so well. Yeah. And there's a few, I mean, I think the go-to in, in my mind is uh, Bjark Ingels, who yeah. does incredible architectural di diagramming. And so that was always something that I found so, so appealing especially to create those and explain ideas without using words. Yeah. And that's really what diagramming or architectural diagramming is. I think what I have always been so interested in is the blend of graphic design and architecture together. And um, the notion of environmental graphics mm -hmm. is where I'm most passionate. And our branded environments team does exactly that. And so... So I got to ask, what does environmental graphics mean? So it is taking messaging or storytelling and visualizing that in the three-dimensional space. And a lot of times people think of a simple uh, um, 
idea of just a logo on the wall. I mean, that's that's the the baseline level right. of environmental graphics. But there are so many other avenues for that. Are environmental graphics and experiential graphics basically the same thing? They they can be, but there there is some differentiation. In, in my mind, environmental graphics is could just be imagery or um, color and vibrancy in a space, but experiential graphics is how uh, an individual can interact with the space. Got it. And that can be through messaging or through um, digital means, how people can um, you know, uh, evolve a space through their own motions or change the dynamics of a space. I remember when we were filming part of the Toyota project, there was, and I'm not, I don't know that, that you, you can tell me the technical term, but there was the, the graphics that are on the triangles that as you come around it, you, it reveals part of an image. And then yes. when you get to the other side, it's a completely different image. That's a, a really common installation that we do in a lot of projects, a, a lenticular wall. Lenticular wall, got um, it. And the cool part of that feature is the duality of being able to have two messages. And often, they're two messages that combine together mm -hmm. or counterpoints to each other. Well, and again, I, uh, that experiential part of it, I love that just by the simple fact of me walking, I'm in control of my experience, right? And I, sure. I, there's a, you're taking something that is inertly static and making it dynamic by the way people walk past it. Is there, Michaela, is there a, um, a different mindset you have to think of when you are designing graphics for this versus other types of design? I absolutely think so. Um, we have to look in the whole environment, as mm -hmm. is in the name. You aren't looking just two-dimensionally at something. You're looking at how people are moving through it. You're looking at so many more angles of how people approach things than just print media and other traditional what people would think of as graphic design so what's what's the goal so i i know a lot of times we have heard this in in visioning sessions mm -hmm. with some of our clients which are introductory meetings with as to why they want to do this or what they're interested in and what we've heard before is that a lot of times clients say that right now the space doesn't feel like us mm. and that's always such a um like a, um, a lightning bolt for us to know that graphics and environmental branding can play such a pivotal role in making the space feel like them. And so in terms of the why, I think that that's what we're providing, how we make the space feel or represent the company or, or, or our client. And um, we do that through through the storytelling component, the messaging and visualizing what they represent in the space. So it's something that really kind of can both express and support a culture yeah, at that point. It's absolutely. something that's... It's yeah. like a physical manifestation of their culture and their identity. That's, which is weird yeah. because it both, it, like you said, it's physical manifestation. It comes from it, but then it reinforces that idea in mm -hmm. kind of a circular way. Sure. What, what do you think are some misconceptions people have about branding and, and environmental graphics? I think people often think it's just limited to a logo behind the reception desk mm -hmm. right. um, and that it might be a patterned wall covering down the corridor. But there are really limitless possibilities of what environmental graphics and branding could do to transform a space. Tell me about Baylor Scott & White. So Baylor Scott & White, one of the really cool features we did that um, 
was above and beyond traditional graphics uh, was a suspended chandelier in the lobby space. So right in here. Yes, this That's one here. Awesome. Um, the cool thing about this, it's composed of hundreds of glass rods, some of them painted, some are just transparent. Uh, it creates this sense of lightness and airy quality that draws That's you in. That's cool. Yeah. So when you're first approaching the office building, you can see the logo. And then when you are actually in the vestibule itself, you can look up and also see the logo. So Very it's translated cool. in two different uh, And again, you're it's experiential because you're controlling that experience. Right. Yeah. That's it's awesome. an opportunity for like surprise and discovery. You, you see it one way and then you get up close and see it a whole other way. Do, do, I guess surprise and discovery probably play a, a pretty crucial role in, in the idea of experiential graphics. For, for sure. And I, and I feel like it's not just with graphics alone. We're, we're not siloed in our discipline. We work uh, heavily with other groups mm -hmm. within Corgan, um, but with representing brands specifically, it's not just graphics. So there's other avenues. We look at the interior design finishes of a space. I mean, an individual's or a company's mark or their color palette can exist within the textiles, within furniture or carpet tile or paint finishes, um, or even hardware, like the door handles can have some essence of the company. So, and there's so many avenues with how brand can be represented in the mm -hmm. space. And it's not just with applied graphics or a wall covering. There's so many other possibilities there. I'm curious, you know, if, uh, most companies, I'm sure, is just as um, protective of their brand and their brand standards as Corrigan is. Sure. Is that is that a challenge that you have to run into? Is getting people to think about their brand and the representation of their brand in a different way? It sometimes can be. A lot of times people um, are really focused on sticking to their brand standards, which are created for a print graphic a print, setting. Yeah. Uh, so you have to work with them to think a little bit outside of the box. Uh, luckily, as more and more companies are embracing branded environments and incorporating in their space, people are starting to have that framework from the beginning, um, which allows just a lot of thinking out of the box of different ways to manifest that brand. So I guess, I guess the next question is, so what? Like, why is branding and graphics essential? I think it's essential um, to make a place feel more familiar and more comfortable, um, to make it more than just the traditional stuffy office building, mm -hmm. um, to make it a place that you want to wake up and go and spend your work day, uh, especially with this past year of so many people working at home. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that will draw you back to the office and um, just be an experience throughout your day to take a break and explore and find something in your building that you didn't see there before. Um, it's a conversation piece. It's a, it's a wayfinding placemaking aspect of how to direct people to meet you and have that collaboration um, between different people. There's a sense of belonging that it fosters, I would imagine. Yeah. I think too, because humans just benefit from that interaction with others that the the work from home scenario, while it has many advantages, the one major disadvantage there is that you're not around people. Mm -hmm. And so having a space that can help with that collaboration um, and provide that, uh, that messaging within the space and bring people together, I mean, that's, that's 
one main value as to why branding well, and we, exists. We've talked in other episodes where you know it's undeniable that that the pandemic has an effect on you know the value of place, specifically right. with you know office buildings and whatnot. And there, it you know you hear about the tech companies are like, oh, we're you know. We're all work from home from now on, and I have a feeling it's a pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. I've already seen it kind of started swinging back the other way, sure. and I—it seems like experiential graphics, like even even like the discovery, like you were mentioning, it doesn't—you don't get that at home. There are some benefits to working at home, so fluid hybrid situation is great, but there that discovery and that collaboration that just doesn't happen at home. Right. Yeah. Um, what about, is there a possibility as, as companies are thinking through experiential graphics and branding, is there a component of this that helps with um, attracting new talent? So not just for the people that are in the culture they have, but bringing new people in? Yes, I think one of the main things we're asked to address is uh, the tour path in a space. Mm. Um, clients are always thinking about how they're going to navigate new talent through the space and strategically placing these graphics and this artwork uh, to attract that talent and leave a lasting impression that they'll go home and reflect upon and it be a company that they want to join and be a part of. A part of our design process too is looking at different user experiences. So for a specific client, we'll look at who is who will be attending the build or who will be coming to the building, mm-hmm. um, whether that's like board members or new recruits or um, employees, visitors, what is the experience per person and mm-hmm. how do we maximize their, um, uh, gosh, their experience through the space that for sure. benefits each one of those groups because you're not targeting the same person for every, you know, throughout the whole space. So you need to think through who's coming there and, and what they're looking for. There was, I recently got to see some of your handiwork at the KDP building, I was touring it, and yeah. the uh, the fixtures and even like the light, the the glass sculpture above the stairwell was really cool. Yeah, that project was so much fun to work on. It was translating soft drinks into a space, and <laughs> we we really. Um, we focused on the aspects of carbonation and those different physical attributes you don't right off the bat think of for soda and coffee. And so that bubble sculpture was one way that we brought that to life of as you're moving up the stairs, it's like you're moving up a, a beverage glass and you ultimately arrive at the bubbles at the very top. I think what is so beautiful about that element is, yes, it is it's it's a glass sculpture and it's a um, such a unique experience climbing that stair but behind the scenes there's so there was so much involved in making that happen Mm. and i think that's what people might not realize when looking at it obviously we had um we had we had to design that space present it to the client once we got their approval then we had to find through assistance through other consultants but we found Um, a glass sculptor to make samples for us to review. So we saw probably 20 different samples of glass that we selected to represent those different bubbles. And then we had meetings with different um, architectural consultants, our uh, structural engineer to make sure that the ceiling had the adequate structure to hold that in place. We had to meet with our lighting consultant to make sure that the sculpture had 
the right spotlight to make it as dramatic as possible. Yeah. We had to meet with HVAC consultants to make sure that there wasn't um, a duct blowing air at the, the sculpture and potentially knocking those things Having around. Having flying all around. Yeah. yeah. So There's a we, lot going on behind the scenes. For sure. <laughs> so, and I mean, but that's, that's what we do. We coordinate to make sure that these things are in place and work the way we design so that when you see it in person, all you see is the beauty. There's, that's got to be, it's fascinating as a designer, I mean, because especially with a client like KDP or, or some of the others that you've worked with, to be able to kind of dream up whatever you want, yeah. and then even before they sign off of it, get 20 different samples of seeing that dream kind of become a reality. It's got to be a really cool feeling. For sure. Yeah, to, to see the process come to life is one part that I love. Yeah. and. You know, to be involved in making something as cool as a glass sculpture come to life. I mean, that's that's what makes it so um, fulfilling. I think it's traditional to think of potentially graphics and even experiential graphics with a client like Keurig Dr. Pepper in an office building. But you guys have been doing it in some pretty untraditional spaces like data centers and, and various other places. Yeah. Um, that's been really fun to branch out because that's a whole different side of the brain to work with. Um, Data centers especially have always been these blank white boxes. The focus has been the data, not the walk through the data hall. Mm -hmm. And so now a lot of data center clients are competing with one another and competing for who is going to host that data. And so again, coming back to that tour path, how do we make that an experience so that when people are touring the space, considering using that particular client, how do we make that lasting impression that they'll reflect upon and want to move forward and host their data there? I think one of the things that skeptics might think is, okay, so you, you do a cool graphic or, or you know sculptural element and you do have those sense of discovery, but what is it, what's the psychology behind it or what's the actual science behind leading to a greater sense of engagement and satisfaction? So I know on quite a few of our projects, there is an aspect of placemaking mm-hmm. that we integrate to our work. And what that means exactly is how you define the space a certain way so that you know you have reached your destination or you have move to a space that is distinctly different from where you were before. And um, you see that, I mean, the most iconic place you see that is at theme parks and how you trans, uh, like change from one zone to another. For sure. I think we do that in a more poetic way um, in architecture with, you know, the changing of materiality or, you know, like a change of a color scheme, maybe like for wayfinding or signage, maybe we allocate a certain color per floor as one, one strategy. But there's, there are these uh, perceptive cues that we use from our, um, our toolkit to really emphasize placemaking to make sure that that space has a unique feel. And um, it just, it's another layer to that engagement within the space that visitors or employees will will get from being being in the space itself. If, if I feel like there's probably a lot of intuitiveness that, it, a lot of intentionality into how intuitive a space is going to be for yeah. for sure. So what about collaboration and community? Because that's a big 
piece that's missing from the hybrid workflow, right, is if you're not able to be around other people, you're not getting that collaboration and community at its fullest. Can this have an effect on that? I think that one of the ways our work really uh, creates opportunity for collaboration is by reminding people of why they are there that day. And um, taking people's, t- taking a company's core values and bringing it beyond that stereotypical teamwork poster yeah. that you see everywhere. <laughs> the kitten hanging on the yes, line. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> taking it beyond that and um, looking at ways to visually express that. So going back to Baylor Scott and White, finding ways to express the patient's needs for the administrative worker mm-hmm. and creating thoughtful moments uh, such as we had a stairway in the cafe, a very common space that people are in every day, having their meals, working together, and expressing the the values that patients have for those workers by displaying quotes directly from patients of how Baylor Scott and White had impacted them and transformed their lives. And so the everyday worker can see those quotes every day and re-inspire themselves of the work that they're doing and the work that they're they're doing with others. And that their work matters. Yeah. That's awesome. You mentioned a sense of place a little bit earlier, David, and I'm curious it feels like that would be a greater challenge for you all as designers because there's a variety of places now. You know, it used to be just the office, and now you have the office, you have home, you have potentially, you know, other places in the office where people are in community spaces or collaboration spaces. So what role does environmental graphics play in that? Well, I think a lot of companies are changing their work strategy where you do like heads down work at home, but collaboration happens at the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, that that value of bringing people together is emphasized when you're together in person and you can exchange ideas freely and not interrupt uh, people on conference calls and, oh no, you go first, no, 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 you. Like that is disruptive to the collaborative process. For sure. And so to have, to have the value of being in person is is key especially in our design profession what is it about experiential or environmental graphics that takes a place you know if you were in a normal building and there maybe they haven't talked to you guys yet and it's just you've got the right paint colors and you have you know a logo on the wall what is it about experiential graphics and environmental graphics that take take the person inhabiting that building whether it's a visitor or somebody that works there day in and day out past that to give them you've mentioned this earlier David a sense of place to to let them know that they've arrived so what we're focused on is always trying to showcase the company that company's values what they represent and we're not we're not trying to do that in a promotional way you know this is not marketing on the wall Slapped up on the wall yeah. yeah I mean employees don't need to see that in their in their workspace but really analyzing their overall experience from um, you know their the comfort of their chair to how they navigate the the building itself mm-hmm. making sure that that's stress-free overall we're trying to create this very distinct memorable experience and doing that through a variety of ways but mostly through or trying to look at environmental graphics as a way of representing some of that sure is where we come into play with the idea of more hybrid working, is there something 
with a virtual experiences that you guys have seen that is important in the environmental and experiential graphics? Lately, there's been su such a high priority on, on a digital presence and representing a company digitally through their website, through mm -hmm. social media. What, how they, what the look and feel is digitally is so important nowadays, but it's important to also use that same standard in the physical space and make make sure that if companies are putting all this attention digitally to not forget about the workplace and where people are going to go once the pandemic is over you know hopefully it, it it's ending sometime soon but yeah. you never know so <laughs> making sure that feels consistent yeah exactly last but not least is there a client or maybe not a client. I won't put you on the spot for that. But is there a type of project you want to do you haven't done yet? Yes. Huh. For me, <laughs> I it, would love to work on a museum project. I really? think that is just bringing everything that we do together because it's focused on a tour. It's focused on user experience. It's um, conveying information that people haven't had before and it would just be such a, a, a way to bring all that I've learned so far together. Everything together. Mm -hmm. What about you, David? Oh, gosh. I think something that I've always been uh, – I really like the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And some, I've been really intrigued with landscape design and specifically, like, cactus and succulents. Mm -hmm. So to design, like, a cool outdoor park that focuses on, you know, biology and, and – um, um, what is the scientific word for plants? Um, botany. Botany. Oh, that's good. Just something that has this lens of of the landscape and connecting to the landscape, but done through through graphic design, I think could be something really cool. I love that. I think that's incredible. Well, thank you both so much for being here and kind of walking us through all those differences. I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully you'll get to do those uh, projects that you mentioned. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about experiential or environmental graphics, make sure to check the description below and we'll see you next time.